ghosts and, and the paranormal have always kind of shaped how people think, and I think it's even gone so far as to dictate what kind of fears we have at times. It, doesn't, it wouldn't take you long to look at a, at a bookshelf in a bookstore and look at some of the thriller or the scary book section. So without further ado, I want to welcome our guest tonight, uh, Alan Wolfshadow. Alan, are you with us? Hey, yeah, Justin, Dave, I'm here. And, hey, good evening, guys, and uh, thanks for the invite on the show. Glad to be here. And, Dave, I'd like, like to ask you, I've seen about that uh, no-soda diet. How's that coming along there, buddy? Uh, you know, I slipped up a time or two. Hey, that, <laughs> hey, that's okay. Nobody's perfect, right? Right. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I, you know, I could stay in the go and be joining you on there myself, but, hey, I do the same thing, so what the heck. <laughs> Anyhow, and again, guys, thanks for having me on the show, and uh, hope maybe I can answer some of your callers' questions and, you know, share some of my knowledge that I've had over the time over the years. So it's it's kind of fun, believe me. Yeah, there's nothing like getting out there and, really helping these people, and there's nothing else that, you know, help them understand the problems that they may have encountered along the way and that kind of stuff. So, uh, anyhow, thanks again. Glad to be a guest on here tonight, guys. Glad to be a guest. Glad to have you. are welcome. Very glad to have you. You know, as I was telling everyone, I probably heard, but uh, it seems like the paranormal and ghosts and things of that nature, you know, maybe the unknown even, have kind of shaped our, our culture and shaped many parts of our societies over the you know the last thousands of years it is very interesting and maybe uh tonight we can all have a better understanding of the difference between what we're reading in the books and and what you guys are actually seeing out there in the field i was just going to say hopefully we'll clear all that up and we'll separate the fact from the fiction as as it goes and uh, you know that's the whole idea you know we're always out there to try to enlighten those who don't necessarily understand the whole thing in the best way we can whether they're clients or friends or Anybody, you know, that's just out there sort of, as they say, in the dark about the whole paranormal thing and give some every people idea of what we do as paranormal slash ghost investigators and a little bit of idea about our equipment and that sort of thing. So hopefully your cause should come, you know, be glad, and uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of questions and we'll do what we can to get help you guys out and get everybody on the right track in the enlightenment as far as the ghost investigations and par- the paranormal. So... Well, try. We're always learning ourselves. We've been doing it since 1974, as you guys had up on your uh, show page. And uh, we learned, just like anybody else, trial and error. And even 34 years later, we're still learning by trial and error. So <laughs> we're not perfect, yeah. not by far. Before we got started, again, uh, our guest is Alan Wolfshadow, founder and lead investigator for Ghost Hunters Incorporated. Alan and his team have been investigating ghosts, as Alan just said, since 1974. So they've been out there for over 30 years chasing down ghosts and, and trying to uh, to show us the truth. So, again, you've been doing this for 30 years, Alan. What is a ghost? Well, some people, the best way to tell you what a ghost is not, it's not what Hollywood has made it out to be. It's not some creature with red glowing eyes coming. It's not, you know, somebody <laughs> scratching you on the back or sitting there with giving crazy banshee screams or something like that. Basically, a ghost is just, and I use the term loosely even when I say ghost, is just more or less a disembodied spirit. A a normal person, just like you or I, except they don't have a physical body. So, you know, that's about all it is. You hear it, and and I know it sounds a little strange, but you hear these things, um, and people will tell you, oh, well, gee, a ghost, are you crazy? 
and that sort of thing. But that's basically put simple in layman's terms. There's just a disembodied spirit like you or I. You know, you can talk to them. You can communicate with them. You could even say, hey, we don't want you in my house. Get the heck out. <laughs> but uh, that's, <laughs> right. and that's about what that is. They're no different than you or I. They can communicate, you know, and stuff like that. Just disembodied spirits. So that's that's the whole thing in a nutshell for that as far as that goes. That's the best way to describe it to where everybody could get an idea of understanding it. Are they are are they willful entities or are they like trapped in limbo where they're just repeating the same um, see, over and over again? That would depend. There are some that we would say that we would call intelligent haunts, and then there's your residual haunts. Of course, there's that other one which we'll get into later, which is very rare. But uh, in your in your uh, intelligent haunt. They're usually something to where they're interacting with you. Um, for example, you might sit there, lay your car keys down one place and say, well, I know them doggone keys are there. And next minute they'll disappear. They come back, and, you know, maybe a day later your keys will be there, and they'll be right back where you left them. So stuff like that. Um, for example, another one would be, and I'm sure this has happened to a lot of people, they're sitting in their house or their apartment building alone, watching TV, sitting back, relaxing, whatever the case and they'll think either they'll see something out of the corner of their eye or perhaps they'll feel like maybe somebody's watching them. That's another form, okay? So there's many different ways in which the spirit world or ghosts or the paranormal interact with us. So it could be any, you know, anything like that. Also, I mentioned a few seconds ago about residual. That's usually the most common. And in that case, it's something of the nature where, for whatever reason, Maybe it was through a violent means of some sort, or maybe the person just wasn't ready to cross over into the spirit world, and uh, you know, or as some people say, you know, maybe they weren't ready to die. But for whatever reason, when they died, they just kind of sit there and kept going, and it's like watching your video, your video or your DVR, you know, constantly playing over and over, like what they call it, like a loop. Same thing right. with the same thing with the residual. You're just seeing the same scene replay over and over. But most of them are the intelligent haunt, which is what we run across in most cases. Would you so. say that that's what you're you're pulling up when you play with a Ouija board or a, or a pendulum? It, well, that depends. See, that takes us to the third type, which is your, which uh, is very rare. Okay, which is Let's the demonic kind. <laughs> yeah. So, but we'll say that related now. Personally, um, if anyone would visit our website for various reasons, which I'll get into briefly later, but. Uh, our team will not do Ouija boards. We won't do seances, and for other reasons, we can't, we prefer not to do cleansings, which we have proper connections that, you know, if need be, we would recommend them to see their local priest, rabbi, or whatever. But the, one thing with the Ouija boards, the reason why we won't do them, it's not so fact that, like some people might say, that they're evil or stuff. You have basically no control over the entity, and obviously, you don't know what kind of entity is coming through. It's like opening up a door in a dark room somewhere. You don't know what's in there. So that's why we don't have that kind of dealings with that kind of stuff. We want to be in control. And since it is on a scientific level, we want to be in control of the laboratory and what's going on. You know, sort of like a, a mouse, when you put it in to go through the maze to find the cheese, you're in control of that. And that's what we want to be, where if you use the Ouija board, we feel we don't have that control. Sure. And that's one thing that fascinates me about ghost hunting. Alan, is that uh, most ghost hunters, and I'd even say most of the, especially the guys you don't see on TV, okay, my wife loves watching these ghost shows, and we'll watch some, and I'll just get up and walk away. I just can't believe how outrageous some of these things are. Like, uh, I don't even remember what the the show is, but 
but it's got the British lady who's always, you know, <laughs> over overacting everything. Do you, you know what show I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, I know the show quite well. <laughs> I know that okay, show so, quite well. So, and it kind of brings me, you were talking about, you know, these, these couple different types of ghosts. And my mom and I got in an argument about ghosts uh, about, about a year ago. She was telling me that depending on the type of ghost, they can hurt you or they can purposely try to just do things to you to cause you pain and agony. You know, again, I'm not an expert, but my thought always has been kind of, you know, once once folks leave their bodies, there really isn't much to be pissed off about it anymore. So, uh, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. Have you actually have you actually come across uh, entities or spirits that seem like they were really mad about something and they were trying to lash out, or, or are all of them pretty docile? Well, in our case, Justin, we've only had very few, if any, that you could say that was really uh, have to hurt anybody or anything. The closest thing we ever had to something like that, and I think is back because my co-founder, which is my best friend, at that time, you know, we were fairly new, and we kind of still playing around trying to figure out what we were doing, but the closest thing we had there, it was uh, back in, well, like I said, back in the 70s, before you weren't, it wasn't cool to be a ghost hunter. People thought you were weird on drugs or whatever. Ooh. But <laughs> anyhow, right, right. we went out to a tomb, and it was a guy. He was a captain in the U.S. Continental Army from like I guess it was what seventeen? What was the date? Seventeen fifty-six or something like that. And he was a surveyor. It was Captain Washington Hood was his name. Now, obviously, we did research from the library and all this stuff, but um, we had found out. That for some reason, which I guess this is why, for lack of a better term, he was kind of upset. Because back in the 60s, they used to go in this tomb and party uh, down and all that kind of stuff. Well, we were over there one night investigating that. And um, my buddy was sitting there. Like I said, he's my uh, my friend and my co-founder, Skip. And uh, he's turning around. And I forget exactly what he did. But next thing you know, he sits there and he goes, son of a bitch. You know, that's probably, I don't know okay, if I should right. say that or not, but... Anyhow, I asked him, I said, Skip, what happened? He goes, I got cut. I said, dude, you got to be crazy, man. It's in the middle of nowhere. We're the only, it's me, you, and Terry. We're the only three people around. you got to be crazy. He said, no, come over here. I said, well, come on over here. Let me check it out with a flashlight so I can see what's going on. Sure enough, on his left index finger, i say probably about a quarter inch, he had a paper cut. Now, you know, and then another time, later on that night, we were sitting there. And we had a little, um, what the heck was it, a Subaru, you know, with a fake vinyl. Now, back at this time, at them days, we had the nice little portable cassette player, you know, with the 4D batteries. You pop the cassette tape <laughs> <right>. in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we're sitting there. I'm ha- I have the cassette player at the window recording. And all of a sudden, there's this, like, big thump. And you hear, like, oh, like that. And then you hear the thump. Well, the funny thing about that was, and like I said, I'm not sure how he got upset or, or whatever we did. Maybe he just didn't like the fact that we were there and he thought we were desecrating his area or what. But the, there was a cut in a vinyl of, our, of the roof of the car. And my tape recorder, which I had right up to the window, had a cut on the play button. Now, how I got there, I have no clue. But we did hear that. So that was some of our more early days with our scary experiences. So needless to say, you know... Being in our being in our mid-teens, or I should say our late teens, early twenties, kind of scared the living daylights out. <laughs> but uh, yeah. as time goes on, you know, you learn from your mistakes, and uh, 
since then, we've really had nothing that could be like you see on TV, you know, getting three scratches across your back or your knee or like some of right. these other shows, you know, like I'm sure you've seen the ones where they got the three, the three guys, I won't say no names, similar to yeah, yeah. the lady, you know, <laughs> no, nothing like that. You know, we've never had anything to where, well, gee, man, I got scratched on my back. I'm getting the heck out of here, that type of thing. So, no, it's mostly right. been, you know, it's mostly been, you know, like coming into houses and, you know, feeling something pass through you and stuff like that. But as far as anything to where we've actually got harm, no. So you know, that can be just felt right away. Ghosts will not harm you. <laughs> That's the biggest baloney I've ever heard. Ever, right. You know, <laughs> it's you ridiculous for anybody to think that way. Mom, if you're listening, I win. I won the argument. Like <laughs> yeah, Mom, he win. wins. <laughs> he wins, Mom. Take it from experience. You know, you don't have to believe me either. But, you know, it's the truth. Ghosts won't hurt nobody. <laughs> so there you go. You got somebody on your side, Justin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but so you, you, you st you've steered kind of clear of uh, empathy there, and you uh, you've mentioned science and technology, um, and tape recorders. Yeah. What 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 all kind of gadgets can can uh, can we use to actually record you know hard evidence? Well, first of all, I'll start like I was saying back in the seventies, we had our cassette tape recorders to do the EVP, and for those listening that don't know what the EVP is, that stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. It's known among the paranormal world as being able to get disembodied sounds on on a recording to where you can get proof that there might be an intellectual haunt. Uh, some of the other stuff we used back then, and then I'll get into modern stuff, uh, to detect electromagnetic fields, or EMF, we would use a compass, Plain old everyday north, south, east, west compass, you know, like that. Of course, before then, we used cheap thermometers. Sometimes we just use our hand, you know, to fill around for the cold spots, you know, get the goosebumps, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we had the good old-fashioned mag light flashlights walking around. You didn't have none of this micro-mini stuff that you got now. So that was right. some of the things. And, of course, everything was documented with the good old-fashioned handwriting. You know, you had these big, thick notebooks and write everything down. Whereas nowadays, it's a whole lot better because now we have um, our digital voice recorders. We have, well, as they, they can see on our website, we have the Olympus digital voice recorder, the WS-210. And we have a Radio Shack, or not a Radio Shack, an RCA digital voice yeah. recorder. I was going to ask you about the Radio Shack hack. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about that one as well. Which, um, that's the... I can't see that number, but we have the RCA digital voice recorder. That's two other things we have. We have a four-camera system, infrared camera system that we use to put in various hotspots that clients would tell us about. They also have audio, so we could record. Even if we wouldn't capture some kind of apparition, we could still capture audio that may not be heard with our ears. Um, let's see, what else could I go? Oh, yeah. Of course, there's a little Dell laptop, mini notebook, 8.9 inch screen, which is the Dell Inspirion 910. That's one of our favorite little gadgets that we use because it fits nicely like in a backpack. Easy to store away, pull out when you're in a house and you're setting up your command post. Right. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We have um, an infrared thermometer to take basic temperature readings in the room from point A to point B, which came in handy at one point. So that's just just a minute farthest stuff. It can go everywhere from motion detectors 
to where you got a 360 coverage in a room to where you can sit there and take a passive infrared motion detector and increase or decrease the sensitivity to where you can capture anything from mouse moving across the floor to a six-foot guy like us walking through. So that's pretty neat. But there's there's many different kinds of equipment. It, it goes from group to group. You know, it's what you use and what you want to use. Then we got our good stuff like our little night vision scopes and all that kind of stuff. So it's one, and like I said, it depends on the group, you know. One of our sister teams have, has a little bit more different kind of equipment, but it's, it's all boiled down to the same kind of stuff. You know, right. it, it depends on the individual. And the thing is, these days, you actually have companies that are making, it seems like now there's a market for ghost hunting equipment, so now you start seeing these things on the Internet and, you know, like at these spy shops and, you know, in these various towns where you can actually get stuff that's kind of geared towards ghost hunting, so... As you were talking about, you know, in the 70s, everybody kind of thought you were a Fruit Loop. Now they're actually yeah. building your equipment for you, you know. Uh, it just shows the big leap we've taken. Oh, yeah, there's even places now you can just sit there and go buy your equipment. As a matter of fact, um, one of the things we have, which is similar to the Ghost Box, is called the Ghost Phone. And that's just a little microchip board with a little red light and stuff to where you, you pay a couple bucks for it. And then you wire a microphone into it and stuff, and then it works the same as the EMF or the digital voice recorder, only instead of waiting till you get back to your base to analyze evidence, the ghost phone actually lets you hear the voice response in real time. It's supposed to right. take the electromagnetic energy and change it into the voice. And like I said, it's, it sounds more like a robot type thing, but it's supposed to let you hear the response in real time. And again... You've heard you've probably seen different variations of that as well on some of these shows too. So again, it boils down to what you're willing to spend as a team, what you you know, what how long you want to take to train your team members on the various type of equipment. Because obviously, you don't want to go in looking like some kind of person like you see on TV. You know, you don't want to sit there and go, "Oh God, God, what am I going to do? Oh no, I'm scared." You know, this is coming at me and that sort of stuff. Yeah, plus. Plus, you don't want to break in your expensive equipment either. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that stuff, well, as a matter of fact, I'll give you a little idea. So, you know, I mean, it's it's not a lot, but then not everybody has that kind of dough to pour ground. But, for example, our little infrared, our four, um, the four infrared camera kit we got has $155 there. So, you know, like you said, you don't want some idiot going around and not knowing what they're doing and say, whoops, I just dropped your camera, dude, sorry. <laughs> you yeah. know, so... Yeah, that's when you make a new ghost for the house. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Say, well, guess what? You're a permanent visitor, you know. So, you, right. you know, sorry, Charlie, but hey, only the best get to be ghost hunters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> poor, poor taste of levity, I know, but <laughs> what hey, can okay. I do? Now, I was hoping that David wouldn't David wouldn't say this, uh, but I'll say it before he does. You know, the only reason we're not ghost, uh, ghost hunters, Alan, is because I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> I don't buy that one one bit. <laughs> of course, it's possible, but I don't believe it. But hey, you know, sometime you're out in our neck of the woods, why? We'll, we'll show you what it's all about. You're welcome to come along. Sometime you're out this way, let us know, and we'll get you right out here and say, "Okay, boys, come along." Tonight will be the coolest thing ever. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm you'd gonna... love it. I, I tell you, you guys would love it. As the old saying goes, "We'll make men out of boys this tonight." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, while you were talking earlier, you asked me if I had any ghostly experiences. 
Yeah. And yeah. I, I couldn't recall them then, but I, I just remembered uh, something that happened uh, maybe 15 years ago. Well, yeah, let's speak and, up. And I, I've never really thought much of it. Okay, I was in the bathroom, okay, and I'm not going to go into details of what I was doing, but I was sitting down, okay, and the bathroom door was open, and I look up, and just out of nowhere, I don't know, I wasn't thinking nothing or anything. I just looked up out of the door, and a, and this ball, it was about the size of a volleyball, right? Okay. Uh, and it was here, and on the inside of it, it looked like heat waves. You know how heat waves, on, if you cross the hood of a car in the summertime, how they kind of sway back and forth? You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. There was a ball. Uh, it looked like a ball of gas. And it, huh. it just floated about, it was about waist high down the hallway. It went from one side of the door just straight down the hall into my room. Are you sure it wasn't a backfire now, are you? Are you? No, sure no, no, no. Okay, John. No, no. <laughs> it was a bad read down the hall. Right I don't know what it was. Okay, just wanted to make sure it was a backfire. <laughs> but uh, actually, the, the the story I'm going with was uh, mucus on my eyeball. It wasn't really in the hallway. It was something on my eye. And when uh, I looked up, I saw it out there. Well, you know, that would surprise me none, Dave, because I'll tell you, the place, where, my house right now, actually, and this would probably just sit there and make some of your listeners think, well, gee, is this guy crazy? You know, he's living in a house. But uh, my wife, she could tell you, just right before I come on the air with you guys, I'm sitting there, and we have. I bought her this like a like a little glass uh, rose that lights up, uh, mm-hmm. like a crystal thing. You know, you gotta pick it up and turn it on to light it up. Well, I go downstairs to talk to her for a few minutes. Now I'm looking. This thing's sitting right in where I'm at now in my my computer shack, and I'm looking. It's turned off. I go downstairs five seconds, if at the most. Turn around, come back up, and then the damn thing's sitting there and it's blinking. And the only way you could sit there is physically pick it up, reach underneath, turn it on, and sit it back down. So, mm-hmm. and that's not the first time that happened. That's the second time. So, you know, my my other half, being our case manager and investigator, she got smart. She started taking pictures. But th- that's just one of the many stories I can tell you in our own house that we have. Let alone the ones that you know on investigations that we've seen as well. So. That's something to think about, and that's why I say, you know, if you see stuff like that, don't dismiss it, because more than likely, you know, it's it's there, and it's going to be there, you know, so it's it's the real deal, and of course, you know, people, no matter what, even nowadays, they're going to say, yeah, right, what are you smoking, what are you drinking, but, you know, and, and you know, they just don't understand, and that's why, part of the reason why we're here, we're trying to, we're trying to enlighten people, and say, yes, they are real. Yes, they exist. Now's the time to accept that fact. It's going to be hard, but we'll guide you through it, you know. And also we're here to sit there and say, okay, you do or don't have a ghost, but the main thing is to take away all the logical reasons. Once you take away the logical reasons, then you have nothing left but the illogical. Then you know your chances <clears throat> Excuse me, of having a haunting that's genuine, it's probably going to be 95-plus percent to this, to, to this going on. So that's what we do, and we love doing it. And as you mentioned on your sites, <clears throat> we are totally 100% free. We don't charge. And just so anybody out there listening knows, if you do have a ghost team come to your house and they charge, 
and they look like they're putting on a dog and pony show, they probably are. So, you know, don't waste your money because a true investigative team, they won't charge you for it. We do it because it's, one, a hobby, plus we love it, plus we want to get scientific evidence we want to hopefully someday become a full-fledged science, which, who knows, maybe that will happen, maybe it won't, but until we can get the evidence to prove it, you know, that it's out there, well, we just kind of have to go with the flow. I remember you were in Pottstown. I uh, can't remember the state. Pennsylvania? Yeah. Okay, so so how far are you willing to go to investigations? Uh, so far, we've had emails, which I have. My brother's team out there, he was also one of the original members, but we've had emails from Illinois. We've had emails from out in, uh, like, uh, Missouri. So we've got them from just about all over the U.S. Right at this point, we're basically sticking to the East Coast area, like Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, maybe some New York if we can. And, I mean, we've been upstate Pennsylvania as well, up in Lycoming County, uh, not too long ago, I guess back on June 6th. We had uh, uh, some people call us, one of our teams up there, one of our sister teams up in Lycoming County, Williamsport, Pennsylvania to be exact, called me up and says, hey, Al, he says, we're going to go to a ghost town. It's an old logging town. And he said, you're welcome to come along. So I said, all right, let me know the date and stuff. He called me back and sent me up the date. So we went up there, which turned out to be interesting. But at the same time, and I don't want to say the name of the park at this point, but a local park ranger who happened at this time, same time, to be giving us a tour of this town, would sit there and informed us that they had had experiences in their own house in their own office and he even showed us the pictures that were taken by a professional photographer not knowing anything as well as neither did the ranger until they saw these pictures so they asked us to do an investigation there which hopefully we'll get that taken care of very shortly and we'll have some videos up on our website as well as youtube which uh that's you uh, go you can go to youtube and type in youtube.com Slash Ghost Hunters Inc. for our any videos on web, uh, YouTube that we put up. So uh, we got we got some things going, and we've had some we're really weird experiences. Um, like I was telling you about the ghost town, one a couple incidents we had. Uh, again, my case coordinator was with me. We were doing an EVP session, and I saw a shadow move a shadow move by the tree, which was oh, probably about 100 yards from where we were standing. And uh, I had my EMF meter, and I was going to say, hey, I said, okay, I know you're here. I can tell you're here. I can tell you, you know, the whole nine yards. I don't want to get into depth. But uh, I said, here's my EMF meter. I'll turn it off. And I said, when I turn it back on, you'll see it light up, and you'll hear it make a beeping noise. So I said, can you turn around and make it light up for me? I said, it won't hurt. Nothing to worry about. I said, I know you're from the 1800s. This is the, you know, this is... 2009. I said, so none of the equipment will bother you. It's all here. We're here to get proof that you guys do exist and let the world know, hey, you're for real just like we are. Well, anyhow, when we went to analyze the EVP evidence, right after I said, it won't hurt, I hear a female, a female voice whispering, I don't know. Now, I have software, which they can see that too, which is uh, called WavePad where I can eliminate hissing and hum, any kind of noise. 
I can even sit there. In this particular case, we had this doggone whippoorwill all night long. You hear him whippoorwill, whippoorwill doing his thing. We even eliminated that. Still took it right down the same thing. Our response was, I don't know. Now, in that case, again, that brings us back and leads us to believe since we got a response to a, a, direct, a direct response to a question, that would be an intelligent haunt. Mm-hmm. Another case of that. So, you know, they're out there, and it's, it's simple. A lot of the stuff, like the wave pad, which is, a, like I said, the software we use for our analyzing, people don't even have to pay for that if they don't want. They can download free versions of it. For, so that's something for the uh, ghost hunters starting out. And there's so many places that you can see to get ideas. And, you know, if, if there's somebody that wants to do that, don't watch the TV stuff. That's Hollywood. <laughs> that's all I can yeah. say is that's Hollywood, and you know, and be nice, okay? <laughs> so get on there. Find, you know, if you know of a ghost hunting team in your area, contact them if you want to learn about ghost hunting. Ask them, say, hey, I would like to learn. I would like to know if I could go along. And most of them, if they're a decent team, and if they're up to, if they're for real, they'll say, okay, you know, you're welcome to go along sometime. You know, keep in touch with us, or we'll keep in touch with you, and you're welcome to go along. They won't turn around and say, well, okay, you can be a member of our team for $500. You know, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, anything like that, like I said, and I'll probably get reamed out from somewhere, somebody along the way at some point in time, but <laughs> it's not for real. Anytime <laughs> they want money, like I said, it's not for real. So, well, you know, <laughs> well, I doubt it, but yeah, it could be, but who knows? Well, Everybody, my, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, here's my take on it. If I ask you to come all the way to my house, uh, and and you know it's 300 miles away, and it's going to take you a couple days uh, to to do the investigation, you know you better damn believe I'm gonna I'm gonna help you pay for gas, and I'm gonna feed you, and I'm gonna give you a place to stay, you know. And I just want to point out the difference that. Folks like Alan who are doing this, they're not charging you any money uh, for their service. But, uh, you know, it sure is tough these days, you know. And, and I can imagine you have people saying, hey, let me, let me kick in some money for gas or let me help, let me get you something to eat. Or, you know, I'm sure they're pretty grateful for your, for your time. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's people that, you know, they'll gladly do stuff like that. And, again, you know, you know, not to sound like, you know, Every team, every ghost hunting team is a bunch of guys or gals looking for a handout because that's not true. But, right. yeah, there's, there are right. people that are grateful. And they'll say, you know, let's buy a dinner or, you know, let's get you a meal. Let's give you a couple bucks for gas and stuff like that. And, obviously, right. you know, with the price of gas nowadays, I mean, it's like two thirty nine something out here on the East Coast. I'm not sure what is out there where you guys are at. But, uh, 260 <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so we're cheap compared to you guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know, even, even at the prices of gas nowadays, it's nice to sit there. And um, we also, if they go on our website, we also have a store. We have our Ghost Hunter store, some of the stuff we have, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, mouse pads, key rings. And, yes, ladies and gentlemen, actual grade-A genuine postage stamps, which you can sit there and use to send a postcard, a letter, whatever, via our snail mail. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got other stuff, too. So there's a link on there they can collect. And since we are a nonprofit organization, 10% of anything that we sell in our ghost hunter store will go back into our group to help with our expenses, equipment, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's so the listeners know, should they do that or anybody else, we don't pocket none of it. It goes right back into our equipment and stuff. So you guys can check that out too as well. 
That brings me to a question from the from our chat audience, Alan. They wanted to know uh, uh, because you mentioned that uh, you don't uh, you don't make folks pay for your services. What kinds of professions you know have you had, uh, if, if you don't mind telling us, and has any of those professions kind of brought you to ghost hunting and the paranormal stuff? Uh, basically, as far as professions, we're from different different places. My, I myself, here at the local local school district, I'm just an everyday custodian. Okay, <laughs> fancy word for like back when we were kids. Ah, yeah, he's a janitor, that type of thing. It's a job. But um, my co-founder Skip and my best friend, he's a forklift driver in a warehouse. Um, some of us are food servers, others are um, hairstylists. You know, just everyday people, like, you know, so, you know, have families, we have grandkids, we have sons, daughters, so we're no different than the average person. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and like I said, we, and that, again, since what we do our service free, and it's like, and we do it because we like, we take our own time, our own money, and we put it in as a group, and we donate it for that simple purpose, because we like what we do, and if we can help somebody out in the field and say, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yes, your house is haunted. Don't worry. If you don't want me to say, hey, it's time for you to move on. We own the house now. Sorry, Charlie, you know. And right. yeah, no, get me wrong. I'm like everybody else. If somebody wants to sit there and say, okay, here's a little something for your help. We appreciate it. That's all fine and nanny too. But we're there to help the people and we're going to sit there. If they say, hey, we know a great ghost hunting team. These guys were professional. These guys, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's that's the greatest thing we can get. Word of mouth advertising, that's fantastic. And like it said on there, like you had on your page, our mission, and it's been this way since 1974, is to provide high-quality, professional, reliable, friendly, and knowledgeable ghost investigative teams for our clients. That's our sole purpose, our intent. Not to sit out, go out there and try and make a buck. Not to sit there and jump around and say, hey, we got all these flashing gadgets and bells and whistles. No. We're right. there to do that. We're there to be respectful, knowledgeable. And that's been that way. You, you, I guess you see our site. You, that's our creed. That's what we live by. Yeah. And we even have the guidelines, which that's our adopted guidelines as well. If you, can't, if you read our guidelines... You want to be a member of our team, fine. But be it known, you get a copy of them guidelines. We have a copy. Both copies are signed by our team members, okay, or I should say by our team leaders and the prospective team member. If for some reason they can't abide by them later on down the line, that's it. There's no, well, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. It's like, hey, you signed the first time you know the rules later, Gator, you know. You know, it's not tolerable. And that's been that way since our first day. I know nowadays they say, well, gee, what about drugs? What about alcohol? What about smoking? Now, I'm a non-smoker, so, you know, I have team members that do smoke. So I say, hey, guys, you know the rules. You want to smoke before the investigation, after the investigation. No during the investigation. Same with anything else, you know, because obviously for a number of reasons, you know, smoking can create, yeah. Alan, Dave, looks like we have a caller. Let's bring our caller in here. Okie doke. Hey, caller, how are you? What's your name and where are you from? This is Empress Palpatine. Hello. Hello there. Hello. You, you, you know me. I've posted on your we know board you. and so forth. <laughs> yes. How, how is, uh, you, you still out there in Florida? Yes. 
All right. Well, how is it? Is it hot? Is it hot like it is everywhere else right now? Terribly hot. I'm just hiding <laughs> in the house. It's too hot. What'd you have for us today, Empress? Well, I have a question because I got a little curious about your guest here. About he has things to detect the ghosts and to pick up. Um, sounds like it's somehow electromagnetic or something. I I was wondering if he had any thoughts about what ghosts are actually made of and do they exist in some parallel dimension or I I was curious what he thought exactly. Well, see. They were. That that goes that more different among different teams. Some will say they, that a ghost will exist on the same dimension as we do, only like there's a little veil. Others will say it's a totally different dimension. So it varies from team to team. Now we have come to believe. Okay, now this is just my team and I. We believe that ghosts are living energy. It's the spirit, the soul of the body, so to speak, after the physical body is gone. Okay. And like anything in life, if you if you know anything about uh, physics when you were in high school or anything, even just the minute science, physics, whatever, everything has a specific type of energy, mass, weight, etc. Now, once that boils down and you get rid of the weight and the mass, the only thing left is energy. So we believe that the spirit or the soul is pure energy. Picture like a white ball of light, just so bright that even the best sunglasses are going to make you like, whoa, this is bright. Now, some people, and this brings us to one of the types of manifestations known as orbs, okay? Now, some people will sit there and say, oh, yeah, orbs, right. you got to be kidding. You're telling me that this is some kind of manifestation of a spirit or an apparition? Well, yeah, I am. Due to this specific reason, one... Not every so-called orb is a dust particle, like some people say, think it might be, due to the fact if you ever see dust in the air through a, a camera, digital or otherwise, it will sit there, and there'll be like a little line through it, and it'll be totally 100% translucent. It will be just like looking through a glass window. Now, if there's a spirit orb, on the other hand, and again, these go as varied colors. They can be from a solid white to a blue, and very colors. As a matter of fact, on my website, some of our ghost pictures, you'll see three different colored orbs in one picture, and there is one, and it was taken at this ghost town you heard me talking to Dave and Justin about earlier, and it's right above the water. No moon at all that night, pitch black, and uh, it was in the heart of the town, had a little creek there, it was an old logging town, and I'm sitting there, I took a picture off the bridge, and it was right there in the picture. Now, I had several other people around me. They saw me take the pictures. They were like me. With the naked eye, they didn't see the doggone thing. Uh, and another investigation we did, which was down in Montgomery County, here in Pennsylvania, which is uh, probably about 25 miles from our main headquarters here in Sinking Spring, we went down to a little place called Possum Hollow Road, and which is well known. As a matter of fact, one of the local writers here has mentioned it in quite a few of his books, which one of these times, hopefully I'll get some more information, but he's one of our ghost authors and an investigator as well um, that's well-known in our area. But uh, at another time, we went down to here. Now, again, 3 a.m. in the morning, hot summer night, you know, 72, 75 degrees, somewhere in that area. 
no mist or anything. But yet, when I snap the picture, right at the top of the picture, and again, it's on my website, and under our ghost pictures, there's two yellow orbs. One is at the top of the picture where I'd say, for some reason, it got like half of it cut off at the top. But the other one is like in the center of the picture, down to the right-hand side. So another one, we have a couple blue ones. One picture, if you look, you see like a mist. Now, where that came from, I have no clue. When I took the picture, it wasn't there. But when we went over the evidence and we reviewed the evidence, it was there. So, again, to answer your question, you could have orbs. You could have mist, which sometimes we use the term ectoplasma, which, of course, I know, yeah, you guys heard that at Ghostbusters. I know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it does exist. Trust me, it's, it's an actual term among ghost hunters. And no, we don't have these big little traps with radioactivity, you know, and all that crap. So, but uh, that's one form, your ectoplasmic mist, your orbs. There's your shadow people. Um, and, of course, there's the holy grail of ghost hunting, and that's the full-body apparition. That is where, if you're lucky, that is like a ghost hunter's dream, to get a full-body apparition. That, like I said, that's the holy grail. So they come in all shapes, all forms, all sizes. Anything else I can anything else I can help you with? Yeah, is it harder for a ghost to have a full body apparition? Does it take more energy or anything? Yeah, see, the, depending like now for me, okay, I love it during an if there's a thunderstorm, it's lightning and it's thunder banging all over the place, I love it. Due to the simple fact, the air at that time is charged with the static electricity from the lightning. So that gives the power needed for them to manifest. Now, we've had times where our batteries have gone, draw, gone dead totally. Fresh batteries right out of the charger popped into our equipment, and then, bam, that quick they go dry. You know, they go dead. And all we'd ever catch is an orb. So it depends on weather conditions and stuff like that. So obviously, if you have positive charged ions in the air, then fantastic, you know, due to a rainstorm, lightning, and thunder. So in that case, you're going to have a better chance. <clears throat> I thought it's getting a little dry. But you're going to have a better chance and say, like, well, here it's 72 degrees right now, and it's, like, really hot. <laughs> but, uh, but So you'd have a better chance on a rainy night with the thunderstorm and stuff than you would, say, on a night like tonight. So tonight you might go out there. You might get a picture of an orb or two. Maybe, if you're lucky, a shadow person, but your chance of a full-body apparition, probably, like, Maybe about one out of a thousand, if you're lucky. We, we were talking about ghost orbs and stuff like that. Uh, when when uh, the first known reported ghost orb uh, spotted? Uh, seems like it just seems to me that's one of the things that's just popped up within the last ten years. Are there any old ones, like really old? Oh well, actually, believe it or not, they've had us back even in the 1800s. I mean. Okay. So it's been as far back as the 1800s, and if I remember right, they've even had it further back. I'm not sure exactly how far back, but I know here in the States, why is it like in the 1800s, as a matter of fact, that was even so popular at that point that there was a pair of twins who at one point made like big money saying they could communicate with the dead, psychics, mediums, whatever you want to call them. I forget the name of them, but uh, it was later found out after they admitted that uh, a lot of their stuff was fraud, you know, they would use their knees to bump on the desk and make all their so-called ghostly sounds, if you will. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, but we the, talked yeah. about yeah, we go talked ahead. about those kind of charlatans a while back, didn't we, Dave? <laughs> oh yeah, and believe it or not, they still yeah. exist today. Oh, back then they were too. called back then they were called spiritualists, I believe. Yeah, spiritualists. That's what it was. Let's take a. Let's take our let's take our next call. You guys ready for a caller? Anytime. All right. Area code six one five. What's your name and where are you from? Um technically? My name's <laughs> Allie. <laughs> I'm technically from Tennessee, which is where the six one five comes from, but uh I'm uh, in Okinawa right now. Oh uh, Seta. Yeah, Seta. <laughs> How are you? Doing good. How about you guys? Well, yeah, I'm good. sweating to death. If if you if you care that much to know, I'm sweating to death, but but I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, come out here. It's very humid out here. We're probably in a black flag by now. Yeah. <laughs> What's your uh? You got a question for our guest today? Yes, actually, it's an, it's an experience that I had one time, and I'd like to see if there's any other explanations for what it could have possibly been. Okay. Okay, well, let's hear it. It was about, <laughs> uh, it was about three days after someone I knew died. Uh, we weren't exactly friends when he died, not enemies either. But uh, myself and two friends were in a car. They, we were going to have a sleepover at my place, but we were so wired, we didn't want to wake up my parents, so we stayed in. Um, I decided that I was going to go into the house for a brief moment, got something, walked out, and one of my friends, her name's Savvy, asked me if, there was something wrong because I looked like I was worried when I walked back to the car. I didn't know what she was talking about. I gave her a sideways look. And then all of a sudden, while I'm in my car, I had this feeling that something was just wrong. And as I had that feeling, my best friend, who was sitting directly behind me, screamed bloody murder. She, uh, she said that she had seen a white, a white light like just run across the bottom of the car. And, you know, we had been talking about ghosts and whatnot, so I thought, eh, it's one of those placebo effect things. So I decided, well, okay, I've got a bad feeling anyway, so we're just going to leave. And I started up my car, I backed up, and started to drive. Well, the passenger side rear door, where no one was sitting, opened all the way open. By itself? And By itself. Wow. So I had been watching the, my rearview mirror because I was watching my best my friend who was sitting right behind me to make sure that she was okay because she had screamed, didn't know what was going on. And, all this, you know, when this door opened, she went over to try to close it, but she was, it was really forcing itself. It wasn't going to close. Well, we all know centripetal force sends everything to the outwards of the circle, right? Right. Right. So when I made a turn, I turned so that that door would be easier to close. It didn't close until a good, like, five meters outside of my residence. Okay. Well, well, let me ask you this. First of all, okay, now, again, here we here goes the, the investigative side, okay? <laughs> here goes the right. trying, here goes the trying, as they say, to debunk this, okay? First of all, now, had there been anybody before that, that was, say, maybe sitting where that door was that maybe for some reason may have not shut it tight to where maybe for some reason, once you started your car in motion, that it might have threw the door open. Because, you know, sometimes that happens. If we don't close our door right, the size motion forward 
or open up the door somewhat, or maybe depending on how fast you move it forward or even jerk the car forward, it throws the door open. So would there be any way perhaps that maybe your door wasn't see, closed all the way? See, I thought about that, and when I returned two hours later, something happened again. Okay. I was still driving, and while I was in mid-drive, I'd, I'd been driving already for about ten minutes at this point in time. Because we went somewhere, and I looked like I went to my work where it was a 24-hour uh, steak and shake. Okay. And so I was. It was about 10 minutes out from my house. So I was about two hours later. I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'll, I'm going to go back home. So we got into the car, same positions, drove, and it was the road before we get to the road that you turn to get to my house. So probably about four houses away in an L shape. And the door opened again. But this time, I had locked the doors. Then my friend, who was sitting behind me, tried to go over and shut the door. She managed to get it shut easier, but this time she manually locked it. Well, she got behind me, and when I went to go turn, the door opened up again. Christine, has, has, has there been any trouble with that particular door before or after? No. And this was the only time you had this? This was the only time. And if you don't mind me asking, is the car a fairly new one or is it, a you know, a, on the older side, say, like, maybe is it, like, from the late 70s, early 80s, or is it more like from the mid-90s on up? Or, you know, I, I'm just curious. It was, yeah, it was a 2000 uh, Saturn hmm. four-door car, and this was back in 2000 and early 2005. And you never had this kind of problem whatsoever, you know, nobody leaving the doors not totally shut or whatever that they would have flew open beforehand? No. Huh. Well, you know, depending on the circumstance, now, it could have been maybe your friend visiting you. Now, I, need, I don't know why you said your, pa- your girlfriend had screamed bloody murder, but obviously... For some reason, now I don't know if she went into detail and told you, you know, what she saw and why it, why something scared her like it did, or what. But apparently, maybe depending on how your friend had died, whether you know, I don't know if it was violent or it was just a casual thing or or what the story behind it is, but maybe it would have something to do to where she had saw your friend and saw, you know, the way he was when he died. Because sometimes that'll happen, okay? You know, it's like. Well, gee, they don't realize they're dead yet. And for whatever reason, maybe they just, like I said, be, before they, they enjoyed life too much, they're having a major time living it. Or, again, we go back to a violent a violent death. Perhaps it was an unsolved murder. Perhaps um, maybe there could be like a swimming accident. They drowned or something happened, and they didn't realize, hey, this was their time to cross over into the spirit world. Now, obviously, from the name of Wolf Shadow, that would denote some background in the American Indian, which I am Cherokee, Western Cherokee, by blood, okay? I'm one-quarter Cherokee. So, see, we believe in stuff like this. This is sacred to us. You know, life and death, it's like hand-in-hand. Hand. We have the circle. So this is all, like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. This is what we believe in. We believe... That, yes, there's spirits, everything, and if this would help any, I don't know, but everything among the native people has 
a life to it, has some kind of substance, some kind of being, some kind of energy, a rock, a tree. And, yeah, I know it sounds a little strange, a rock, yeah, but, you know, it's long Look, drawn Alan, out. Alan, you're, you're in good company. We don't find that to be strange at all. <laughs> well, I hope not because, you know, it, it's nice that there's somebody out there with, that thinks, you know, has an open mind. So I, I'm not going to worry about that, Justin. And I can tell you guys are great already. You're doing a great job. You know, I mean, hey, what can I say? But, uh, you know, most people think, yeah, this dude got to be on some, you know, to sit there and say, oh, a rock has a soul or an essence or a spirit of sort. But <laughs> anyhow, and that's what you would believe. That's the kind of the look, outlook I have. Everything has some kind of essence to it. So it could be, I would believe, knowing what little bit you have told me, that, yes, your friend was there. And for some reason he was trying to perhaps... In most cases, as they say, in a case like that, they're saying, hey, I'm okay. You know, if you guys have been worried about me, you know, if you thought, well, gee, how's he doing? I don't know, maybe you feel bad for a certain amount of time. And he was just saying, hey, it's time to stop grieving. I'm okay. Get up off your duff. Live life. Forget about me. I'm fine. That's one of the (laughs) biggest reasons why we have loved ones, best friends, whether they're male, female, or whoever, that sit there. And for some reason, something happens, and they end up, well, there they are. They're on the other side of life. We're on this side of the veil. They're over there. And they'll sit there, and they'll tell us, okay, we're okay, you know, live life, think about us, but don't dwell on us. Our death, <laughs> what you call our death, is our life. We're happy. So get over it and get on with your life. I mean, it sounds a little shrewd and a little crude, but, hey, you know, that's the biggest time we have that stuff. So, And you said about, like, a white light. That was probably his way of manifesting himself, you know, to get to the car. Like I said, I don't know the whole story. I'm only going by what you're telling me. And from that little bit, that's what I would believe to be true. That he's saying, I'm fine. It's been nice knowing you guys. Don't forget me, but it's time to move on with your lives, you know. So that's that would be my opinion. So I could be wrong. I could be right. But, you know, and, of course, there might be other investigators that have a different opinion. But that's this investigator's opinion. Any other thing I can answer for you or help you out with? Yeah, that, that's uh, actually a great answer. Thank you. Okay, well, thank By you. By the way, Go ahead. They have, uh, I just wanted to let you know that people in your field have a very strong uh, fan base here in Okinawa, especially with the 247th MP detachment. Oh, yeah, good old Okinawa. Well, that's great. I, I remember that place quite well. I was in the Marine Corps and did part of my tour over there in Okinawa. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, I know the rock very well. And you guys you guys over there are fantastic, fantastic bunch of people, especially uh, I want to sit there and I hope for all of our servicemen listening, hey, guys, you got one guy here back you 100%. And I say, you're doing a hell of a job. And I say, God bless the USA. Keep up to our servicemen out there and go rock the boat, baby. That's what made this country what we are. So glad you're here. And, uh, hey, thanks for calling in. Glad I could help out. Thank you for having me. Uh, you you guys you. are welcome. It's, uh, right, it's good well. that you mentioned these things, Alan. I've been, uh, for for most of my life, I've uh, had experiences with hearing relatives' voices a couple of days after they die, and usually, usually three or four days afterwards, uh, you know, it stops. You know, and I always just kind of figured I was kind of borderline schizo, you know, and I wouldn't say <laughs> much about it. But in in reading books I'm not and, and, and yeah, thanks. 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, reading books and studying cultures and, and this kind of stuff. You know, I found out that in the Native American uh, cultures, they they actually um, they actually believe that communication is possible for a, a period of time after death. Oh yeah, as a matter and, of fact, and, and I have to I have to agree with my experiences. I have to agree. Well, you know, just and then a little bit when I had, as a matter of fact, my mom had passed away. Uh, I guess well, this passed me. I guess it was probably about 13 years ago. And the funniest part about it was, uh, I guess this isn't really a ghostly experience, but it's considered enough to be paranormal. Okay, my mom. Now I had had what I thought was a dream, okay? And in this supposed dream, and I say supposed very loosely, but in this dream, my mom came to me, and she said, Alan, and she started talking, and we're having a perfect conversation. And this is why I say your loved ones will come to you in one way or another, and they will let you know that they're all right. But anyhow, my mother turned around, and we were talking. Then next thing you know, and I remember this just like it was yesterday, she's saying, I have to go. And I said, Mom, why? She just got here. Why you got to go? And all she would say is, I have to go. Well, next thing you know, I see her eyes watering up with tears. Well, here I am, a grown adult. Next thing you know, now in my dreams, my eyes is well tearing up. It's like, Mom, why do you got to go? And she said, I have to go. I love you. Bye. Well, make a long story short, I woke up. Still eyes wet, looked like a like like a doggone baby, crying my eyes out. So go figure. But anyhow, here's the here's the tripped out part about. It. A couple of days later, I get a call from my brother, saying my mom had passed away. Okay, and I asked him. I said, Well, was it such and such a time? He goes, Yeah. I said, Well, you know, that's pretty damn interesting. He goes, Why is that? I said, Because that would be about 3 a.m. here on the East Coast. I said, That's the time that mom come to visit me. I said, so now I know what I thought was a dream was actually reality. So, you know, it's great. And, you know, some people scare the living daylights out of them, but that's why I was saying to the last call, you know, you know, it's always somebody that if they're, if they're true friends or a family member, a loved one of, of any kind, they're going to let you know, hey, it's nice to know you. We had a good time. I'm over here. I'm fine. So, Get off your duff and get over it, you know. And some yeah. people, is, they find it hard to grasp, but, you know, they don't want us to grieve for them. They want us to get out, live our lives. I mean, what good is it going to do to spend the next 40, 50 years crying because you lost somebody, you know? And they, they don't right. want that. They're, they're living their life, whether we realize it or not, they're living their life just like we're living ours, only they're living it on a different plane, a better plane, right. if you will. So, you know, it's fantastic. Hey, David, we got a caller from your neck of the woods, it looks like. Uh-oh. Very cool. code 678. What's your name, and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm Jeffrey. Um, Hi, Jeffrey. All right. Um, I'm in Georgia right now. Me too. Um, the Peach State. Yeah, Lawrenceville. Um, recent, my sister recently passed away like three months ago, okay. April 14. She had cancer. She passed away in her house, which where I'm at right now and when she passed like let me see like few months before she passed away you know like I came I came in town I dropped everything I was doing I came in town you know started taking care of her and stuff like that and 
April 14th, she just passed away in my arms like that. Wow. Um, well, she had no pulse, but the um, the nurse came and had to overdose her, said, you know, she needs to leave comfortable. Ever since then, I had some attachment in the house, like where I cannot leave the house, and I feel like I need to stay here, look for work, and try to pay the mortgage and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big house for kids' life and everything. There'll be times that I'm in, I'm in the house, and I feel like a weird presence, but I just, I don't know if it's real because when she passed away, I lost faith, and I felt like, man, there's no God. I don't know if she's in a better place. I don't know. Maybe she's just gone. But there'll be times I feel a weird presence, and there'll be and there'll be times I'll go in her room to check. Maybe she'll appear. Like, what should I do in situations like this? Okay, well, first of all, is there still any original furniture? Say like where your everything. mom was, so everything's still there. Okay, it's my sister. Oh, or, okay. Well, my mom. Okay, well, sorry about that. Your sister. Yeah. Okay. So well, my she, mom took her bedroom set, but everything else is still here. So other than her bedroom set, basically everything is as it was before she died, right? Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, that would have an attraction for her right there because before she died, and she went into the other world, or as we like to say, crossed over. Uh-huh. That seems so cruel and unkind, so I prefer crossed over. She remembered the stuff the way it was, so since that was still there, her she's being attracted. That's her focal point. That's like her gateway to be able to come from her world into your world. Now, as far as the feeling of guilt, why, you did what you could, so she might be telling you, hey, I know you're my brother. I love you. I know you love me. You did what you could. It was just my time, okay? Another one of them incidents. Um, as for your feeling of guilt, that's probably something that she'll tell you, hey, it's okay. And sooner or later, if you sit there, just just talk to her like she's still there. Say, hey, sis, I love you. You know, I've done, I've done everything I can. I know you're here. I know you're in a better place. But now, you know, it's time. I have to go do what I have to do and make a living in my world. Let her know these things. She can hear you. She can talk, and if you sit there and you find a quiet moment, okay, for example, say, since you're here on the East Coast, okay, let's say tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's Saturday here on the East Coast, okay? So just sit there, for example, and sit down after everybody's in bed. Your house is totally quiet. And just sit there and think about your sister a little bit and say, hey, sis, I know you're here, so sit down and talk to me. You know, let's chat a little bit. And you know, sooner or later, and you might think I'm crazy again, but uh, sooner or later, you're going to hear her. And it's not going to be in your head. A lot of stuff that people think, like you said, you think, well, gee, am I imagining this stuff? Mm-hmm. No, it's not imagining. It's real. Trust me. I've been there. I've done that. Like I was saying about my mom earlier, I know. Mm-hmm. I have my other half. She's been there, too, so... Two, three people, and especially, I'm sure, if you sit there and get other people that you know that's had loved ones that passed away, and they open up, and they sit down and share their experiences, they'll all tell you the same thing. We know our family members there. So sit there. Let her know. Let her know you still care. Let her know. Say, hey, sis, I love you, but here's the deal. You know, you're there. I'm here. I have this and this to do. I have my obligations on this side of the world. In my physical realm, I have these obligations. So it's time now. I have to get on, and you do too. You're welcome to stay as long as you want, but please, you know, I have things I have to do. And sooner or later, 
if it's feeling of guilt from yourself or if it's just maybe her trying to, and I hate to say this because I don't always think it's the case, I think it's more ourselves, but if it would be her trying to put some kind of guilt trip on you, then she'll realize, hey, you did what you could, and just let her know this, let her know you love her, let her know you can coexist in the house together, and sooner or later, the feeling of guilt's going to go away, whether it's from you or her, and you're going to sit there, and before you know it, you're going to say, oh, man, this is cool. I can actually talk to my sister. And your friends are going to look at you a little bit and say, oh, you're talking to your dead sister? Yeah, all right. But, uh, hey, they'll come around, too. It happens everywhere. It's an everyday fact of life. Of course, things how, you know, in today's society, people might think, hey, these people are ready for the loony bin. Let's send them up here. Yeah, there's a few like that. But those are the people who are the most. And those are the people that are part of the reason I do what I do. Okay? I like to sit there when the time comes and take the biggest skeptic there is, give him a good swift kick and say, here's the evidence. Tell me you can't sit there and say this doesn't exist. Tell me there is no life beyond the grave. I don't care. I try so hard to believe that. It's really hard because um, there'll be times I'll go inside her room where she passed. Like mm-hmm. There's nothing there. I'll turn off the lights and I'll... I mean, it sounds crazy. I mean, I don't know if it's crazy, and I just try to sit down like, yo, sis, try to talk to me. Like, am I doing the right thing? Like, help me find a way that I can make money so I can keep the house. Like, I just try to sit down and talk to her, and it's nothing. Like, I really concentrate. Like, it's just ridiculous. I try to talk to, I see, I try to get in contact with people that can talk to the dead, but they charge so much money. I'm like, I don't even know if it's real or not. Well, like I said, most of them, they're probably charlatans to begin with because, like I was saying to Justin and Dave earlier in the show, if they're genuine, whether it's a psychic, whether it's a paranormal investigator, they're not going to charge you. They're going to do it because they want to do it. So, you know, but, you know, somewhere along the line, part of it I still, maybe you know, I'm no psychic, okay? I'll be the first to admit, I'm no psychic, don't know anything about psychics, mediums, automatic writing or other than that other than the research I've done for my own personal knowledge which in my in that case to me knowledge is power power is being forewarned okay but my personal opinion I would say sit down let yourself open up for some reason whether it's your sister doing it whether it's you or whatever I think that you have to let go okay I know it's hard I've been there there was times as a matter of fact like I said when my mom passed away it's like mom Why'd you leave me here? What'd I do? And I would sit there and I'd get so aggravated. Mm-hmm. So down, I mean, when my mom first passed away, okay, now I was lucky, okay, because at that time I was laid off and unemployed. But I disappeared for a week. Nobody knew where I was. Now, part of it was because being an American Indian, it was a grieving, like a grieving ritual. The other part was I didn't know where to go. It's like all of a sudden it was revealed to me, okay, it's not your religion. It's not whether you're Jew. It's not whether you're Hindu. It's not whether you're a Christian, Catholic, or whatever. It's what you perceive to be reality. Reality is not just being able to reach out and say, oh, man, I got a 22-inch HD widescreen TV. That's the reality. You have to go beyond that. You have to be able to see with your senses. Sit down. Relax. Forget about the hustle and bustle on the streets. And just once in a while, forget about, oh, my God, I got bills piling up. Okay, I know it's hard. I, you know, I'm like everybody else. I work, I pay bills. And it's like, even with me, it's like, 
I got to take time. As the old saying goes, you got to smell the roses. You have to relax, and sooner or later, it's going to come. I know I've been there, and I've been in the same boat. Like I said, when my mom passed away, I was, I felt like, you know, screw it up, man. I'm going to go out there. The first person gets in my face, I don't care who they are, they're going down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But somewhere you got to let that guilt go. Well, like I said, whether it's your sister putting it there, whether it's your own self browbeating yourself, I don't know, but you have to let that go. And the only way you're going to do that, bro, is to sit down and get that relaxed, even if it's sitting there putting in some kind of meditative CD. For example, I don't know if you've ever heard of Yanni or not, but uh, he's one of my favorite artists for music. But, you know, something like Yanni, anything that can help you relax, and sooner or later, if you really believe you're going to do that, you're going to be able to realize, hey, I can talk to my sister, and she's going to talk to you, and she's going to say, yes, I'm here, little brother, or big brother, whichever, and she's going to tell you, okay, you're right. It's time for me to do what i got to do in my side of the world. It's time for you to do what you got to do. I'll be around. If you need my help, you know, I'll help him when I can. But you got to make that first step. you got to tell her, this is the way it is. I love you, sis, but we have to do what we have to do. You're welcome to come visit. You're welcome to say hi to me. You're welcome to say hello to mom. Make sense? Yeah, but this, but this is like this is her house, and like I'm the only person here. I'm the I'm the youngest one. Like, uh-huh. I'm the last child, and nobody's here. Like all my family members live out of state, so I'm just here now, and I just got attachment. I'm like I need to make sure I'm working and help, you know, uh-huh. just pay the mortgage and stuff like that, and make sure everything's right. But I always wanted to speak to her to to ask her, you know, if everything is okay with her kids and. If we did the right decision, should we fight fight to get her kids from her baby father? Because her baby father was abusive and he wasn't really a good person. Mm-hmm. And just I just try to sit there and try to, I don't know if it's called meditate, but I try to close my eyes and everything. It's just, it just never comes. And that's how come I feel like, well, maybe it's not real. Because I always said if I die and there's really a second world, I would try to come back and help everyone. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, I like my loved ones. Even if it's helping them win the lottery or something, I don't know. But I'll do something. And I know my sister's the type of person I'll try to come back. But if she's not here, that's what makes me not believe in anything. You know, like, it's just, you know, like I said, give it a try. And it may not be overnight. I can't guarantee it overnight. I can't even tell you a specific time. But give it a try. And one of these times, you'll find out. It'll work. And, hey, you know, sometime when I, you know, you can sit there. Next time you hear me on, I'm sure hopefully one of these days I won't be boring just for days too bad or the rest of the listeners, and maybe I'll be able to come back and, hey, you know, let us know what happened. Because, you know, I'm sure Justin Day would like to hear more, and I know I would. I mean, after all, it's not about me. It's about you guys, the listeners. So, well, I'm going to try to do it every day at 10 o'clock. I'll put it as my routine. <laughs> okay, doke. Well, let, hey, keep in touch. Let the, let Justin, Dave, and everybody know how things turn out, okay? All right. Um, thanks, Jeff. All right, no problem. All right. Thanks, sir. All right, thanks, Jeff. You know, Jeff, hey, Alan. What's well, going on? Jeff said something, our, our last caller, Jeffrey, said something that that, that was, uh, you know, kind of hit on on what Alan was talking about. And, and as it turns out, Ghost Hunters and uh, Nights of Awakening folks are – 
are real similar because you know it is your perception. And and Jeffrey, still listen to us, uh, my friend. You, your perception is real, no matter how how unreal you think it is. Just keep in mind that everything is energy. Everything is in waves. Everything's in. Everything has some sort of structure. And when you, even your thoughts, even your perceptions, when you when you project those things out there, it's real by 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 every sense in the you know of the word. It's real. Just because I can't see it or or David or Alan can't can't see what you're seeing or feeling what you're feeling doesn't mean it isn't real. But but as Alan said, you really gotta just put those things aside, relax. The more you can move through this, the better off you're gonna be. But uh, yeah, and that's that's true. But uh, oh yeah, we were saying about uh, what was there about uh, was there anything that had led me as far as other experiences or whatever. I've had a few of my own experiences. Um, a couple of them briefly to give an idea of why I did this. Uh, at one point, when I was really young, now again it goes back to my mother. We, she was an avid believer in signs and stuff. We had in one incident where my mom would sit there, and yes, we actually had parents back in them days who made did stuff homemade without the microwaves. We didn't even know what they were, but <laughs> anyhow, she was making a batch of good old whole homemade French. French fries, you know, slicing the potatoes up, you know, rinse them off, right into the deep fryer, you know, all that grease, wow, <laughs> cholesterol big time. But <laughs> anyhow, for the longest time, my mom was really nervous, and of course, being kids, you know, we could refl- that reflected to us, and we'd ask her what happened. She said, hey, I don't want to alarm you guys, but uh, at one point, I was making French fries, and I took them out, and... I had them on the towel, they dried off, and I put them into the deep fryer, and a big ball of fire just rose up, hit the ceiling, oh, yeah. and just poof, no no damage to the ceiling or nothing. And she said the last time she had seen that, we had had a death in our family. So for like two or three weeks, my mom was really like right on edge, watch every move we make. So that was one of the things right. that got me started. Uh, plus, at one point, I had even sit there just playing around in some old places and uh it's like, wait a minute, something don't seem right. Well, so, you know, again, I would play around this before we got started. And I thought, well, you know, I just wonder, if all this is going on, is there some kind of life after that? Is there reality? Is there spirits that exist? And I got starting, and it's like, even though I didn't have anything to really, per se, job or whatever that pushed me in that direction, it was just my past personal experiences, it's like, well, there's got to be more. You know, there has to be more. So what can I do to find out? And again, like I said, it was myself, my best friend, Skip, and my brother, Terry. We were the three founders of Ghost Hunters Incorporated. And again, that was back in 1954 or 1974. Yeah, I'm giving my age away, 1954. 1974. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, since that, my brother, who lives out in Missouri now, has started his own per se, branch of Ghost Hunters Incorporated, which obviously is Ghost Hunters Incorporated Missouri, but uh, that's another day for another time. But that's a little bit, plus we've had other personal experiences, but every one of us at one point, and even every every member of our group nowadays, our present-day group, has had their own personal experience that made them wonder even more, what's going on? What's with this life beyond the death? You know, you've heard stories, people dying on the operating table, 
and perhaps either being resuscitated or even just coming back on their own, if you will, and telling stories about wondrous flowers and grassy fields and stuff, well, fine and dandy. Now, I want to see that. I want proof. I don't want to be like a movie, in, like that movie, Flatliner. I don't want to be an experiment, be flatline and come back. I want the proof now. I want to be able to say, okay, here's, here's scientific, documented, and undisputable evidence, you know. So I've had my, and that's basically how we got started. We had, we all had our own personal experiences, and we all decided to get together. Started out as, you know, fun. No, okay, we want, we want to document this. Now it's like 30, 30, 30 plus years later, it's, it's skyrocketed. It's fun. We have a ball. You know, we go out, we interact with other groups, and it's fantastic. As a matter of fact, and I don't want to sound like, I, you know, like I'm getting out of hand or anything. If I do, just tell me to shut the heck up. But uh, <laughs> one case we went on, and yes, we do graveyards as well as houses. We do schools, whatever. Um, was up in Lycoming County here in Pennsylvania, which is up no- northern part of the state in the good old Pocono Mountains. Everybody around here knows that, hey, Pocono Mountains, great ski resort. But, uh, we went to this one particular cemetery, and the caretaker and the guard at the cemetery at night had told us tales of seeing a blue orb. Now, here we go back to the orbs again. And you guys and the listeners can decide for themselves, are orbs really a sign of a spirit, a type of spirit manifestation, or are they dust particles, as some anti-orb people may say? But uh, the, both the security guard and the groundskeeper had told us about a blue ball, what they termed to be a blue ball floating through the cemetery a couple times during the night. And they would see this when they were making their rounds and what have you. Now, this is a pretty good-sized cemetery. But uh, get right down to the point, our tech researcher, Jamie, he gives us all the little good gadgets like the ghost box and stuff, which uh, that probably I know we'll get to that probably real soon here, like after I'm done, if you guys are interested, since you guys are interested about that. But he's sitting there, he's going around, takes a couple pictures. He goes, Alan. I said, yeah. He goes, come over here. So I said, well, you know, we have our little radios. I said, well, where are you at, Jamie? He says, I might up such and such a spot. I said, okay, flash the light, now come over. So I see him, I walked over, and he goes, look at this picture. I said, oh, yeah? I said, so what's unusual about it? Well, he says, well, look, here I have this blue orb. It's taken right over here. You show me where. He says, now, here's the picture before. Here's the picture after. Now, nothing in the picture before was there. But yet the blue orb was in the second picture, and the third picture after, he, the next picture after, which was the third picture, nothing. Now, it was about as blue as you can get and solid. So, again, another thing, was it an orb, a dust particle? Maybe to the skeptics, yeah. But after all the, in the, uh, through all the research... Well, I've never uh, seen blue dust before. <laughs> well, neither have I, but, you know, <laughs> there's, there's the skeptics out there. They'll say, ah, blue dust. Okay, well... You know, let me scratch my head here. Yeah, you're probably right. It could be blue dust, but what the heck? <laughs> but uh, right, you know, it looks like we have we have two callers lined up in the queue, and we got uh, got just under 20 minutes left. I want to try to get as much uh, interesting stuff. Well, I lost one of them. Let's bring okay, a well, caller in from uh, area code 941. Okay. Caller, well, what's your name and where are you from? Uh, Mrs. Darth Vader, uh, the west coast of Florida. Hello there. Sarasota. Um, anyway, I just have a few questions because this guy sounds really cool. Um, he is so really cool. I guess I'll try Thanks, and guys. 
give the questions quickly, so because obviously you said there's somebody else waiting or something. Um, yeah, they lost. So, they jumped off. <laughs> okay. Well, they come back. <laughs> okay. Right. Are you a shaman? And were you trained by a shaman before you? And have you ever done what they call ghost dancing? And have you ever seen a ghost Indian tribe? And, of course, this orb thing, I'm curious, like, is that another word for, like, the spherical beings, like when they change from cone shapes and they get they're more higher and they go in and out? Well, actually, to answer about the orb, some of them believe that's the first stage in the manifestation. So whether you want to say it's from the, the, spirit, the conical shape or the spherical shape, that's a matter of opinion. Now, as far as formal training, no, I've never had any. Um, uh, it's just basically been trial and error. And no, I'm not a shaman. I know of the shaman ways, but I've never really had formal training from any of the members in our tribe or anything like that. Although there has been a few that have referred to me as a shadow walker. Now, if you look shadow walker up on the Internet, it has some derogatory meanings, but its original meaning is basically that of a person who could walk between two worlds. As, as far as meaning like between the spiritual realm and the earthly realm. So, you know, I don't consider myself any of the above. I just consider myself a normal everyday person who's out there, like everybody else, trying to find scientific evidence of what we already know to be exist. So, you know, if somebody wants to say, oh, okay, Alan, you're a shadow walker, fine and dandy. I'm a shadow walker, <laughs> you know. But in all reality, I'm just like anybody else. The only difference that might set me apart from somebody else, and to me that's no difference, is I have Cherokee blood in my veins, which is no big deal. You know, I'm out there just like you, just like Dave, just like Justin, just like any of the rest of the listeners. I want to know what's beyond that veil. What's it like on the other side? And I want to be able to say, here's proof positive. Skeptics take this. Eat it with a grain of salt, you know, chew your crow up real good. You know, insert feet, insert feet in your mouth, you know, the whole nine yards, and say, this is reality. This is what it is. Now you have proof beyond all shallow of a doubt. Now let's make it as general science as much as science, you know, rocket science or whatever. But, cool. you know, again, they laugh at us and say, hey, you guys got to be weird. What are you smoking? That sort of thing. Well, I think you got guts, because I think the fact that you want to prove it and come with the evidence, I think that's really cool. I think if you actually manage to do it. I mean, that would be great. I'd love to see you on Nova, you know, as the next scientist, you know, you know, because once you prove it, if you can prove it hard back, the skeptics, you you win the skeptics million. So, true. I mean, um, you know, I know down the St. Pete Skeptic Society, which is just uh, about an hour north of where I live, and they, they offer a cool million. Hey, so if you prove it, hey, I'll call you down here and, and stay here and just drive up to St. Pete and get your million. <laughs> <laughs> well, the money, like I said before, the money aspect, you know, keep it. <laughs> we, we're not well, in it for the money. I mean, or yeah, I, I know what you mean, but, yeah, we're not in it for that. We're doing it because of something we love. We, and, obviously, we've been doing it for 30-some years, so if we didn't love it, we wouldn't be doing it now, right? So, but that's the basically the main thing. It's the, the, for lack of a better term, it's the thrill of the hunt, <laughs> okay? <laughs> that's the best way to put it. So anything else we can do? Okay, there you go. Thank you for calling, dear. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Do we got any more callers, Justin? Not just yet. Hey, uh, 
Let me ask a question real quick, though, uh, because mm-hmm. my wife's going to beat me up if I don't ask this question. <laughs> okay. Don't David, you don't pin. want me to get beat up. I know you love me. No, we don't want you to get hit with the rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my wife's father passed away uh, just under a couple years ago. I think uh, probably in a few months will be a two-year anniversary. Now, my, my father-in-law was a cool little dude. He uh, he was one of those guys that would, if somebody walked past a penny on the ground and they didn't pick it up, you know, they were in big trouble. Well, you know, what the hell's the matter with you? It's a penny. Uh-huh. Save those pennies. We used to collect these pennies, and, and every time the kids would come around, even from the time my wife was just a little girl on up to when she was, you know, the age she is now, he used to give the kids, you know, a stack of, stack of pennies in their hand, you know, come up and get a penny from Grandpa, you know. Well, the weird kind of thing is, Ever so often, perfect example in the car, take the car to the car wash, vacuum that sucker out, throw a wax on it, you know, clean out the seats. I mean, there is nothing in that car, not a speck of dirt. And I'll be damned if, if the next day I didn't went, go sit in that car, there was three or four pennies sitting in my seat on uh. top of the, on top of the uh, seat cover. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like they, you know, because I have a seat cover on my, on my seat. So, and they're sitting there like... You know, like like somebody threw them there, and I always I always mess with her. I always say, "Hey, stop throwing pennies on my seat." So, have you seen where these folks, uh, when they pass on, they'll kind of come back every once in a while, and you know, kind of follow the same things that they used to do, just to kind of let you know, "Hey, I'm still around. Don't worry about it." Oh yeah, that that's that's typical in just about anywhere, you know, especially you know when you have cases like that with family members. And as a matter of fact, there's a person that I know. Her mother and her father passed away, and her mother is a big fan of these birds, you know, the, the red cardinals, the birds, the cardinals. Well, she loves yeah, them, uh-huh. and for the longest time, not so much now, but for the longest time, every time she'd sit there or she'd be thinking about her, her her parents and stuff, she'd always see a cardinal every morning, same time, just that same cardinal. And she believes 100%, and I agree with her, and like you were saying about, I believe I believe the same in your case. That was their way of saying, hey, I got my eye on you, you know. You're, you're with my daughter, so, you know, I'm going to watch you make sure you both got the best of everything. After all, you're married to my baby girl, because that's how I feel with my daughter right. and my son-in-law. Hey, you're married to my baby girl. I got my eye on you, boy. <laughs> but right. uh, So it's kind of like the same thing there, you know. Making sure his family's all right, you know. I, I guess you got kids too. I don't know, but oh, yeah. you know. Okay, then. So see, he's making sure his son-in-law's okay. He's making sure his daughter's fine, and most of all, he's checking up on his grandkids. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, he's definitely around. It's happened, you know. Pennies. Uh, there's even been incidences. I've had, never had any personally or know of anybody, but I've heard of incidences where there's even been, uh, for lack of a better term, gifts just appear somewhere out of animals like hamsters and stuff now whether it's true or not who knows i have an experience so i don't know but just out of pure nowhere is there any way i can get him to to stop leaving pennies and leave and start leaving 20 dollar bills hey uh, i could say there who knows but you know just say hey dad i appreciate the pennies but you know times have changed a little bit if you want to drop a 20 here once in a while go ahead you know try it see that's all i can tell you there just give it a shot see hey dad you know pennies are great but it takes a long time for them to add them nowadays yeah just make a lump sum you know like a 20 or something <laughs> or say if you're feeling generous you know make it a make it a 20 in a five spot what the heck go for broke <laughs> Right. 
Earlier, whenever you were talking about categories, you mentioned the third kind. Oh, yeah. And and, and we've had a lot of talk about the benevolent relatives that wish us well. But uh, are there some out there that don't wish us well? Well, yeah, unfortunately, and I don't want to stir anybody up, but, yeah, there there, there are just the opposite. There are those that say, yes, we're out there to get revenge. Now, those... Some people, depending on your religious background, would say it's demonic. Others would say it's this or that. Now, again, just because, and I like the term dark entity, okay? Now, don't get that confused with shadow people. Shadow people are just another way that your regular spirits manifest, okay? That's like when you look out, you corner your eye, just think you see a shadow move across, that's a... They're not dark entities. Dark entities, or demonic haunts, whatever you want to term use, are spirits that have been just that. They're spirits. They never had a physical body, never lived in the earthly realm, and never will. They're out there, no matter what way, shape, or form, to somehow deceive, drive mankind to God knows what, and that's their main purpose. They could sit there, now, as far as Possession, well, that's better left to define through the ministers, the rabbis and stuff. But um, they can sit there, they can torment. They could sit there and torment to the point to where maybe somebody's depressed and say, okay, well, this guy's got his Nintendo Wii out there. We'll just get him addicted to playing his video games all day. Forget about his job. Forget about his family. Forget about his responsibilities. We'll just bug him and we'll get him to play his video game. They do that kind of stuff. Um, in very, very rare cases, okay, are you going to get a slap on the back, a scratch on the back? And again, we go to these crazy shows. We won't name them, but <laughs> I'm sorry. In my 30-some years, it's never happened. I won't deny that it's out there, and I won't deny that it does exist because I firmly believe that it happens. To me, I just haven't had it yet, and I believe that the chances of it happening are about as much as me winning a Powerball for $280 million, you know. I'd probably have a better right. chance as far as that goes, hitting a big lottery somewhere. But they are out there, and hopefully I will not have to counter that. But again, it's better to be forewarned and forearmed. And again, the old cliche, knowledge is power. So yes, I do look up various things about demonology and their degrees and stuff, just so... In case I would have to come across that, I know what I'm dealing with and how to deal with it. That's like anything. You know, you have to know a little bit about what you're doing to be able to go and arm yourself in case you do an encounter. And I know it's there. I know it will happen. But I don't I don't really believe it will. But there's that one in a million possibility, okay? So I'm, I want to be prepared. I want my team to be prepared. And that sounds a little crazy, but the main thing I like my team to do, as far as it goes holding you home, that don't happen either. But one thing I like for my team and myself to do is before each investigation, if you will, say a little prayer for protection, whether it would be to St. Michael, you know, just like an interdenominational thing, don't matter what your religion is, just a little prayer of protection, whether you, like the Indian do, whether you want to carry a little sage in your pocket or a little... St. Michael's Charm, whatever floats your boat, you know. And and that's what I asked. And, of course, you know, if we have the time afterwards before we depart, 
a little prayer protection for when we go our separate ways after our investigation. So, you know, every little bit helps. And, you know, it's just something that no matter what you do, you just got to read, research, research, and get out there and put that knowledge to use no matter what. So, you know, it's fun, and I love it. It's a great hobby, and got a great bunch of callers, a great bunch of listeners, and I'm glad I could help them out. And I by far claim to be no expert, and even after 30-some years, I'm still learning a lot and passing it on to my team, and we learn as we go. So, yeah, you know... You've, you've been one of the coolest guests. You've been one of the coolest guests, probably one of the coolest guys I've talked to in a long time. Well, really Justin, do appreciate having you on. Hey, no problem, bro. I'm glad you guys sit there and got back and said, hey, you know, and, and give me the invite to come on. It's been a blast. Hope maybe some of these times we can do it again. Maybe get them guys in there, gals, to get in there and get more callers and maybe pick up some of the ones that you guys missed before. It's been great. Yeah, I love it. You're welcome to join us anytime you want. You just let us know what's going on, and uh, we'd be happy to get you back on here. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, okay, well, thanks for having me on again, and hey, great show, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs>